This is the audio diary for the 8th day of the 6th month of year 2019. And to be very perfectly honest, I'm actually recording this past midnight, so it has now become the 19th night. But I'll still be telling the story of my 8th day um, of June 8th. Which is a, or which was a beautiful sun Saturday, and I decided to go to London. I've been wanting to do a day trip to London for a while, just because there are so many more things, well, to see in London. In fact, there's just an endless, like, just kind of wealth of things to explore in London because no day is the same, and... It has so much history, so much arts and culture going on. So every time you visit, there's going to be something new. So many festivals. Just different people watching is amazing. And of course, walking through the urban landscape is, for someone who is a urban development geek like I am, just fascinating. There's just stories in every corner. Uh, the first time I explored London, which was... July of last year, so almost a year ago, I really relied on Detour, which was a GPS-enabled audio guide app that I just thought was really, really brilliant. Um, one of the co-founders of Airbnb uh, started this startup, and it was just an excellent service, which never really seemed to catch on. And so I thought that was really unfortunate. I was such a big um, loyal customer and advocate for this service because it really had some really really high quality uh storytelling by some of the greatest kind of voices um the, of the locals and it really inter it was it was just it wasn't the technology actually it was the storytelling and it was kind of the alternative routes that um went beyond you know traditional sightseeing uh just walking through the landscape and looking at um, a mark or a label on the wall or um, standing in an uh, old arcade of a butcher shop. What else was there? I've, I did quite a few um, in London and I didn't get to do everything, but that app, be probably because it was never commercially viable, uh, was eventually closed and then uh, the, in the email newsletter, which I was subscribed to, told me that it was acquired, the startup was acquired by Bose, the um, audio equipment company. So I thought, okay, that was a bit unfortunate. Um, and it was still serviced, or at least still available for a while, but beyond a certain point. And I think right now, the audio tours don't actually work anymore. I think the app is shut down. So that was really unfortunate. But having that kind of angle or lens to view the city was excellent. Um, and I got to explore some unconventional neighborhoods. There was Clerkenwell, Shoreditch, mm, I'm trying to remember the other neighborhoods. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the neighborhood, but, uh, but down by, by South Bank, uh, there was a amazing um audio tour of um kind of 
not for people fighting in the front lines, but uh, during the two world wars, um, and I think it was especially focused on the second world war, uh, about London being raided and airbombed, and what the life was like for not the people on the front lines, but all the women, the women, children, and those who were, um, you know, left to uh, kind of run London while all the men were out fighting in the trenches. So, yeah, just obviously World War Two history is a humongous thing in London, or in the UK in general, is the big war that they won. <laughs> So they never let you forget about it. Um, and so it, and it was great to get that feminist kind of revisionist history um, of the events also while walking through the location. And just, I think, especially uh, audio while being able to view things with your eyes. Uh, it's just a very multi-sensory experience, it's great, and it doesn't necessarily have to distract you from looking at things, right? So, for example, if I was trying to read this material on in a guidebook, or, um, or yeah, any kind of printed material or web material that required me to read, I would have to look at a screen, right, and not focus on the environment itself. Well, that's if I'm listening to the information while viewing the environment, I can kind of process it and also maybe notice the details and, um, yeah, just kind of notice the remnants or the evidence of the histories that they're talking about in the place that I am and just kind of be really absorbed and transported to that world. So I really love um, audio tours and I thought that Detour, the app, was a visionary kind of um, new direction for tourism to take uh, something that was going to be you know really meaningful how to teach history how to um, that I thought that was like the new direction for guides and it didn't work out so I thought that was really unfortunate and I went on a rant about um, <laughs> detour instead of actually talking about my trip to London um, so one of the purposes of this trip to London was to meet with, meet up with friends um, in London. And so one lunch was cancelled, but I still had a dinner planned. So in the morning, I did some shopping, actually, uh, because there's a lot of brands and, yeah, specific brands that I really want, really like and kind of trust, but aren't available in other places in the UK. So I did that. I kind of stumbled across Portobello Road and Portobello Market. Um, it was Saturday morning, so, you know, it was bustling, lots of tourists and locals, um, and all these little shops, and I found this wonderful um, handmade backpack craftsman, and I bought a wonderful lightweight day pack that I could easily, it's incredibly light and it's made from this beautiful fabric so I could just kind of put in my bigger um, suitcases or my backpack and use it as day pack on the, during my travels or even during my shorter day hikes. 
which was something that I was definitely looking for because all this time I've been using a tote bag, which is, of course, it serves the same purpose. I can just pack it away and quickly um, retrieve it and just use it on the day. But the problem is that a tote bag, uh, you know, uses only one shoulder. And so, especially if you're doing things like day hikes and hiking, I like to having the balance of um, sharing the weight on both the shoulders. So have, buying the day pack was great. Also because it's in this beautiful fabric, um, navy and white pattern. And I'm such a sucker for um, kind of rich, but rich. And I have a specific palette of colors that I've decided are going to be my colors. Just just the colors that symbolize me and just my personal pal color palette. So dark navy is one of those colors. But I, so I do stick to a pretty neutral or limited color palette, but within that I love patterns. Basically pattern is how I, yeah, that's just, I, I just love expressing myself through um, geometric colors and different kind of stripes and textures. Oh, I love, I love patterns. I'm such a big sucker for patterns. How many times have I said the word patterns in the last, <laughs> last minute? Um, what else? So I shopped at Portobello Market and I went to the David Odaje, Ojaye, oh gosh, I'm butchering his last name, um, the exhibition at the Design Museum, which was so excellent, and I'm so, it's unfortunate that I started talking about him when I'm about to hit the 10 minute mark, and so I'm gonna go over the 10 minute mark. Wow, that exhibition, um, it's a permanent exhibition, so I don't know when you're listening to this podcast episode, but chances are it's still going to be available at the Design Museum. The Design Museum building itself is just also a, so beautiful, it's just a sight to behold. Um, and the most of the um, exhibitions and uh, the installations are free entry. There is that one permanent exhibition and a temporary exhibition hall, which was currently featuring um, Kubrick's kind of uh, cinematography, which I, first of all, couldn't get the tickets <laughs> for uh, because it was sold out. And also I kind of was less interested. So I went into David Ojaye's exhibition. So it's about eight different monuments that he and... His firm have um, designed over the years and are continuing to design. And I never thought much about monuments. I am not a big statue person. Um, so when I do do urban travel, I don't really appreciate statues that much. Of course, there are um, a few that are clearly standouts and you know are really important. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't thought, given that much thought to monuments. Wow. Um, by the way, I cried in the exhibition space. <laughs> I genuinely full on cried because I was so moving inspired and just. Um, so the monuments uh, that are featured in the exhibition uh, vary from just intense strategy 
tragedies like uh, the Guangzhou massacre, which was whew, the first um, monument that they talked about, and it came out of a complete left field for me because I did not expect to see modern um, modern Korean uh, yeah Korean contemporary history and the <laughs> the struggle for uh, you know the the tragic. Um, but also inspiring journey that Korea, South Korea has gone through from the past 50 years to get to the democratic state that it is today. Or maybe probably not 50 years anymore, uh, more like 70. But yeah, so Gwangju Massacre whew, hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, then, the, then obviously the Holocaust, mm, come on, <laughs> again hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, there, oh, but there were also, um, hopeful and beautiful exhibitions, uh, that, like the National Cathedral of Ghana, which was beautiful, I was just dancing because they just had, um, Ghanaian music, uh, uh, going in the background, and I was just reading and watching their videos, installed videos, and uh, looking at the models and everything, um, with the balance of my step, just like could not get my hips to stop moving. <laughs> the music was great, and then each room, um, the space is actually pretty small, I think, um, but I paid 12, 12 pounds to enter, and I did not think it was a waste by any means, because I was just so moved, um, and it got me to think about... Um, well, not only these events and these cultures, uh, but also specifically the interaction of, um, remembrance and, yeah, remembrance of key kind of cultural and historic history, um, interwoven with physical space in a way that will carry stories down, both the sto story and I think also the spirit of whatever the monument is trying to embody down to the generations when some things fade out of living memory. So I just thought it was amazing and I mean I'm thinking about also for example the Ground Zero monument um, that I went to in New York which was just whew, whew. It's so intense. Um, yeah, there are still like a few monuments. Um, the Korean War Monument um, in Busan, which was the uh, last bit of free land um, in the initial North Korean invasion. Uh, well, I should say the invasion of the Communist and Soviet Army through the Korean Peninsula, kind of invaded all the way down to southernmost tip um, of the peninsula, though of course there's islands beyond the peninsula, um, in Busan, and there is a war memorial there. Um, of course, eventually, uh, the U.S. Army and the, um, yeah, U.S. Army and I think the rest of NATO Army um, oh, invaded and, and well, landed in, in on the Korean Peninsula and then so, and then the war kind of began from there. So it started from an invasion um, that 
basically just pushed the frontier down, and so the Soviet army had almost completely um, engulfed the Korean Peninsula uh, until the U.S. army landed and then began a full-fledged war between the two giant forces on somebody else's land, a.k.a. our land. And so the blood was shed, and uh, history was destroyed, and houses were burned, and books destroyed for the sake of two ideologies, two giant powers um, on somebody else's land. And at the expense of somebody else's lives. Though, of course, of, of course, there were a lot of um, losses in both of the armies. Um, but a lot of civilians died and suffered for the sake of, um, yeah, for the sake of some other powerful nations, which is unfortunately a trend that continues on to date. So that's my little, um, <laughs> that's my little brief overview of the Korean War for you right there. Now this is getting to be a really long audio diary, so I'm just gonna end it here and say that the Design Museum, 10 out of 10, would recommend. Please go. It's a beautiful space. It probably takes you, um, maybe 3-4 hours. It could take you the entire day, depending on how interested you are in design and, um, if you are participating in any of the workshops, classes, or events. But really great rainy day activity to do. Um, so I'll put it there, and that was the audio diary for the eighth day of the sixth month of year 2019. Talk to you next time!